Well, hello, People's Church. Good to see you today. Hey, I want to welcome those watching online via the Internet, your smartphone. Uh, man, we're glad to have you connecting with us. Let others know about peopleschurch.tv, no matter where you are. Uh, we're here every weekend, want to be able to minister the Word of God to you, no matter where you are across this world. And our Midwest City campus, we're pumped up about what the Lord is doing. We are one church in two locations as of August of 2011, and excited. The wall went down last week at Midwest City, and now we are finishing up with uh, the lights and the sound and getting the three screens up. And so the grand opening is going to be around the second or third week of August for that new auditorium over at Midwest City to see more changed lives. So we're pumped up about what the Lord is doing and pumped up about this outreach as well. And want to just encourage you, not only that you would participate, but man, this is going to be a huge event to be a blessing to our community. That's what we're about. This church is about getting outside the four walls of the church and making a difference in the lives of people and loving on people. And so you can help us also if you may know some doctors or dentists or some other folks that would love to partner with us and be a part of that great day of being a blessing. Let them know. Tell them to call the office. We would love just for as many people as possible to help so that we can literally minister to thousands of kids and teenagers that day and impact lots of families with the love of Jesus Christ. Well, today we're kicking off a series called Confessions of a Pastor. And you may be thinking, if you're new with us today, why are you doing a series called Confessions of a Pastor? Well, here's why. Most people are carrying around secret hurts, pain, sin, struggles, and deep issues. And no, nobody knows. They, they don't share it with anybody. And, and I know this because I've done the same thing. And some of the things I'm going to confess to you throughout this series, and I literally, I wouldn't miss a week of this series. There will be some things that will be surprising to you as I make confessions throughout this series uh, I'm going to share some things with you that I didn't share with people for years, that I, I kept hidden, and, and things from even growing up from my childhood, and things that I experienced that I didn't want anybody ever to know. And, 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 and here's what I know about that, and keeping these secrets and these hidden areas and, and these things to ourselves, I realize how destructive it can be to us. Hiding things, keeping these things secret, it can destroy you mentally, emotionally, relationally, physically, and even mess you up spiritually. I know this from my own personal life. But I also know this. I know what it is to get it out in the open. I know what it is to confess it and to experience healing and freedom and victory. And what I want to happen through this series in your life is I want you to get bold enough and enough courage and enough faith to begin to confess the things, the, the sin, the struggles, the issues, the pain, the hurt that you, maybe you've dealt with for years and to get it out in the open so that you can receive healing and receive freedom and receive victory in your own life. Here's what I want you to know. There is power in confession. There's power in confession. 
Let's look at the scripture. It says in Proverbs 28 and verse number 13, he who conceals, he who hides, keeps it secret. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses, come on, say that word with me. Everybody shout confesses. Check that out. Whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy because there's power in confessing. It says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. Don't try to hide from God. Don't try to keep the secrets from God. Confess. There's power in confession. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other. Some of you were cool with that whole confessing to God thing. But the Bible takes it a step further. Therefore, confess your sins, your faults, your issues to each other and pray for each other. Why? Why? So that you may be healed because there's power in confessing. And so today, I'm going to make my first confession. And the first confession is, I don't like myself. I don't like myself. I've literally struggled for years with my personality. I'm an introvert. Now, many people think that I'm an extrovert when they meet me or see me or talk to me. They think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really an, an introvert. I'm just curious how many introverts are in the house. Just raise your hand if you're an introvert. Yeah, yeah, there's some introverts. How many, how many extroverts are in the house? Just lift your hand if you're an extrovert. Yeah, yeah. How many not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask you? How many not, huh? huh? I'm just going to take it. You don't know what you are. That's, what you, that's, your, that's your problem. What you are. Play the preacher's game. Raise your hand. Like I, it's only two categories. I ain't got no third category. There's two. I'm... I'm an introvert. My, my wife is an extrovert. My wife, she loves being around people. She thrives. She, she can man, never meet a stranger. She can meet somebody and just talk to them and just, I mean, have fun. And she, she just, lo- I mean, just enjoys it. She, she, she comes from being with people and oftentimes she just energizes. Yeah, I got to be with people. You know, and I'm like, like I, don't, I don't get that. I'm like, man, you know, I, I, I mean, I love people, but I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I, you know, oftentimes I can be more people drained, you know, than I am like people energized. And, 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 and honestly, my, my personality, my, my makeup, I, I, I like being alone. I, like, I, like, I love to be alone. Now, if, if, you know, my favorite lunch to do, my favorite lunch is this. Now, besides going out to eat with my wife, if I have my choice for lunch, I'm going out to eat by myself. I'm happy. Just look at me. Everybody else is chatting, having fun. I'm by myself, happy, eating lunch. I mean, that's me. I, I love going to a coffee shop by myself, read a book, read the paper. I'm just happy. Content. I'm content with me all by myself. Don't need anybody to be happy. I, I'm just I'm more of a just just an introvert. Matter of fact, I actually get nervous when I have to sit down one-on-one with someone, especially the first time. If I'm getting ready to talk to one of the church members or one of the men of the church and maybe we're grabbing a bite to eat or something and and one-on-one I mean I I get nervous 
my, my palms are sweating and my heart starts beating fast. I'm serious. I'm like, man, what are we going to talk about? Man. You know, I'm like, man, you know. Okay, I'm going to go in here and we sit down. How's the thunder? Oh, the thunder, I plan no more. What are we going to talk about? You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I get nervous, man. I really do. I'm serious. I'm not joking. I, I get nervous. You know, I'm more comfortable teaching in front of thousands of people this Sunday than I am sitting one-on-one. And most people, it's the opposite. Most people, their greatest fear is public speaking. I mean, and, and, and I take this thing serious, teaching God's word and, and, and rightly dividing the word of God and praying. And I take what I do very serious, but I'm actually more comfortable doing this than sitting one-on-one with someone. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just the truth. I'm just an, I'm an introvert. And, 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 and honestly, if, if, you get to, if you get to know me, that, that I really just prefer what we would call alone time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, all right. There's some of you wired like me. Now, now check this out. When we started People's Church, Tiffany and I, 10 years ago, and my personality became even more obvious to me, I really began to devalue myself, and I didn't like my personality. I, I thought something was wrong with me, honestly. I, I, I just, I'm thinking, man... I should, I should be more of a people person. What's, what's wrong with me? And literally, I went to my wife, and I talked to my wife about it. And I began to pray. This was serious to me. I thought, man, if I'm going to be a great pastor, I can't be an introvert. So, something has to be wrong with me. And I literally prayed during seasons of fasting. I was fasting about myself, what's wrong with me, and my personality, calling out to God to, to change me. I gotta be different. I've got. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why I'm this way. And there was a couple of year process that I just. I honestly, I just did not like myself. And I want to talk to you for the next few moments on how I overcame not liking myself. Because here's what I know: in this room today, some watching online, there are some of you dealing with what exactly what I've dealt with. Some of you, you don't like yourself. And I would ask right now how many of you in this place don't like yourself to raise your hand, but I just really don't want to know. Amen. So let me teach how I overcame it, and the Word of God will help you as well. Here's the first thing for me that helped me is I had to overcome comparing myself to others. Comparing myself to others. One of the big reasons I didn't like myself was because I compared myself to other people. I compared myself to other pastors, and I have pastor friends who, some of them are, are extroverts. And I would watch them, and I'm just like, man, I mean, they're just people, people, man, they're just always with people, and just love being with people all the time. And matter of fact, they don't even hardly study and pray. They just, I want to be with people. I just love people, and they're just always with people. And I'm thinking, man, that's, that's a pastor right there. That's, that's what I need to be more like. And I, I would look at them and their, their strengths, and man, I just... I thought, i got to be different. God, change me. And then even some of the pastors on our staff, I would, I would look at them and compare myself to them. Like one of our pastors, Pastor Shelby Johnson, and many of you know Shelby, and I know our Midwest City campus does. He's the associate campus pastor at Midwest City. And I look at Shelby. Shelby's been in the church since day one. He showed up day one in the movie theaters and has been in the church since day one and has been on staff the last, I don't know, seven years or so on the, on the staff here at People's Church. And, and Shelby is a people person. 
I mean, he just always with people, just loves being with people and always. You talk to Shepard, yeah, I'm going out to eat with somebody. I'm hanging out with somebody. I got an appointment with somebody. He's always with and, and happy, excited about it. Yeah, I'm going to be with people. I'm excited. And I'm just kind of looking at him like, well, Lord, what's wrong with me? Because I don't feel the same way he feels. And, and, and then what really messes me up is Shelby, man, he, 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 does, he does a lot of our, our, our premarital coaching and premarital counseling with people and meeting with people and problems. And, and man, Shelby would meet with people for hours. Matter of fact, I'll walk by his office sometimes and I'll see him meet with people. Man, he'll be in there two, three, four hours meeting with people. And he comes out, he'll be excited. Hey, man, yeah, I was meeting with these people. They got problems. He don't tell me the problem. I got, yeah, and I'm helping him. He's excited. Bring him home. I'm like, really? I don't get that. See, I counseled with you for 30 minutes. I'm done with you. I'm done. I tell you your problem is you ain't doing what the Bible says. You ain't got to tell me no more. Stop what you're doing. Stop it. The Bible says that I don't want to hear no more. You're making me tired. My brain is hurting. I got a headache. Get out of my office. I, mean, that's, I don't get him. I don't understand him. I mean, honestly. And I, I felt bad. And literally, I, I look at myself and I would look at him and I'm like, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I'm a pastor loser. Not a little, I'm a loser with a capital L. Because I just, I just don't understand. And God, you got to change me. And I was comparing myself to other people. And listen, comparing ourselves to other people is such a dangerous game to play. And you know why? Because when we compare ourselves to other people, we compare our weaknesses to their strengths. And when we compare our weaknesses to their strengths, we forget and overlook our own strengths. And you know what happens when we play the compare game? Because we compare our weaknesses to their strengths, and we also forget that the person we're comparing ourselves to has weaknesses. And then we start devaluing ourselves. We start looking down on ourselves like I have, and we start thinking, I don't like myself. What's wrong with me? Look at all of his strengths. Look at, look at me. I'm just filthy. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. I don't have those kind of people skills. What's wrong with me? And we forget what God has given us. And a scripture that, that has helped me and that I've leaned on, and I, I share this scripture a lot at this church because it has helped me so much in my walk with Christ. Psalms chapter 139 and verse 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. And, and that scripture has really helped me. That God made me. And the way that he made me is I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Not just the extrovert that I look at and I say, man, I wish I could be like that. But the way that God designed me, he made me. When he made me, he made me fearful. He made me wonderful. And he says, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And to begin to embrace that. I mean, deeply. I know that from my head, but to let it sink into my heart. The way God designed me is I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. And you know what, what has helped me as well? Is I begin just to really process the way that God's made me. And I begin to really think about it. And my wife has helped me with this. My wife, she, she tells stories and, and she'll, she'll tell people this. She's told me this as well. And it's really helped my life. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And this is the way God wired me. My wife said, you know, back when I, we were living in Missouri, I traveled full time. 
And so I would go speak. I'd catch an airplane out and go preach at an event, go preach at a church and fly back. And my wife would say to me when I got back home, hey, do you want to go hang out with this couple from the church? And I would say, nah, nah, I just want to spend time with you, just us hanging out. And, and I, almost every time, I mean, we, we rarely hung out with other people. Most of the time it was, ju- it was just us. I mean, on occasions we would hang out, but just most of the time I'd fly home and we would just hang out. And, and my wife thought, you know what? Man, Herbert loves me so much, he just wants to be with me all the time. And that was true. And then we started People's Church. And now I wasn't gone catching a plane speaking. I was home all the time. And so now Tiffany is saying, hey, you're home now all the time. Hey, you want to go hang out with other people? No, no. I said, I'm happy to hang out with you. And she started to figure out that wasn't because he traveled all the time. He just don't want to hang out with nobody. And she helped me understand, Herbert, you've always been this way. It wasn't like you started pastoring the church. And I mean, you've always been an introvert. And I started thinking about to high school and junior high. And, you know, I was always, if you meet me, you know, you see me, you think, man, he's the life of the party. And he's outgoing. And I've got good people skills. But, but, but the introvert in me, the way that I've always been wired is I remember being in junior high and high school. And some of my, my, my close friends would say, hey, man, let's go out. Let's go hang out. Let's go hang out with all these people. I'm like... No, man, let's let's chill and play some video games and, you know, let's, let's play some Monopoly or something. Let's don't go out. And I've always been that way. Matter of fact, I date a girl in high school. She'd say, come on, let's go out and go party and go, go, go do some dance. And I'm like, no, no, let's, let's go to the movies or rent a movie and hang. I don't want to go do that. That don't even sound fun. I wouldn't go do it. I mean, I've always been wired this way. And I say, God, you made me, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Paul says it like this as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 4. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts. Catch this. We're many parts. Of one body. There's one body of Christ, but we're, we're many parts. We, we vary, we're, we're different. And here's the thing. God made us that way. Not everybody's a foot. Some people are a foot. Some people are a toe. Some people are a hand. Some people are a head. Some people are a rear end. You know some of them too. Amen. Glory to God. They need help. Jesus. But God made them. He, he made us this way. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In God's grace, God has given us different gifts. Catch this. You didn't come up with your gifts. Your mom and daddy didn't give you your gifts. The talents, the abilities, the personalities, the strengths you had, the Bible. God did this. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Listen, you don't do everything well. And if you do, your spouse is lying to you. If you think you do, you don't do everything well. Your mama's lying to you. You don't do everything well. You might be the jack of all trades, but you're average. And you do a few things well. That's it. Two or three. You do really well. You do certain things well. I do certain things well. I don't do everything well. 
I do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, not everybody's going to do that. But if he's given you the ability to speak out with as much faith as God has given you, that comes from God. If, if your gift is serving others, don't devalue it and say, I can't believe it. I just want to help people all the time and serve people all the time. Why, why, do I, why am I like this? What's wrong? No, no, no. God gave you that. Serve them. If you are a teacher, teach. Well, I'm like, I see myself in there. I teach. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for putting me in the, in, in, uh, those gifts come from you. Teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Now, let me say this. Some of you are like, oh, that's a gift encouraging. Well, please hear me. There's no gift called discouraging. So if, don't, don't, don't get confused. Some of you think, well, that's my gift. No, that's not your gift. That's the devil. Amen. The Bible just simply says there are some people that's a gift they have. We all should be encouraging and uplifting. But there are some people, have you met people like this? I mean, they're just always, just always encouraging. Oh, it's all good. I just cut my foot off. Oh, I'm telling you, but it's okay, honey. It's good. It's good. You're fine. There's just some people that have the gift of encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. There's some people that have the gift of generosity. They don't only return the tithe. They, just, they earn money to give money. They earn money to give money. They have the gift. It's a gift. If God has given you the leadership gift, and, and man, I, I possess this gift. I'm like, that comes from God. I mean, I'm not weird. God gave me this gift. Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God has given us all different gifts. We're one body with different gifts. And we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you start comparing yourself to others, 99% of the time you compare your weaknesses to their strengths. And you walk around feeling like me, like a loser who I felt like I had to change because something is wrong with me. There's a second way that I overcame not liking myself and number two is this i had to overcome justifying my sin as my personality well one of the big 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 lessons i've learned through this process of learning to like myself was to stop justifying justifying my sin as my personality and, and honestly one of the reasons i didn't like myself and i didn't like my personality was because I just justified my, my sin, and I didn't like myself. And let me be specific with you, kind of confessions of a pastor. When we first started this church 10 years ago, Tiffany and I, Brian and Alicia Rush um, helped start this church from day one. They've been here, still with us today, faithful servants of God. And Shane Hood, who's been on staff for nine years and still with us today, and, and uh, been part of this church for nine and a half years or so, of the beginning of the, of the 10 years. When we started this church, I was, times I was rude to them. I was harsh to them. I was mean to them. There would be, honestly, there would be some times years ago that you wouldn't have been proud to call me your pastor in my responses to them. And there was pressure and there was tension. There's this new church. I wasn't taking a salary. Is this thing going to work? And I responded at times in the wrong way. And, and I would justify it. I would say, you know, that's just my personality. You know, I just, you know, I was mean. That's kind of just my personality. I'm harsh. And you ever met somebody like that? You know what I mean? They're always justifying, you know, you know, 
they're justifying why they're mean and rude or say something hateful to you, and they kind of justify, well, well, I know I'm mean, but that's just who I am. My grandma was mean. My papa was mean. I'm mean. And it is justified. And there are some people, they even take it a step further. They, they justify it by blaming God. That's just the way the Lord made me. I know. I just tell people off. That's just the gift the Lord has given me. I just tell it like a T-I-S. You know, and they, and they justify it and blame it on God. And, and, and one of my weaknesses was I also justified it by blaming the other person for my response. And I would blame them. Well, you know, you know if, you, if you would have done it like I asked you to do it, I wouldn't be saying what I'm saying. If you wouldn't have made that mistake, I wouldn't be responding this way and blaming them for my harshness. And you know what? I was just immature. I was an immature Christian. I was not taking responsibility like a true man of God. And I had to grow up. I had to quit being immature in my faith and start taking responsibility for my own attitude. And I had to start understanding this, that my attitude is always my responsibility. Nobody can make me mad. You met people like that, huh? I'm mad and I'm doing this because of them. No, that's because of you. It's because of me. Because nobody can make me mad. I choose to respond. It was immature for me to respond wrong and blame it on them. Nobody can make me angry and say something that I shouldn't say. That's on me. Nobody can make me respond and be harsh that's on me. I control my response. And I had to take ownership of the way that I was responding. And I had to stop justifying my sin because, you know what, I didn't like myself because I was justifying my sin. And listen, my words and actions, they were not lining up with the word of God. And I needed to change. I had to allow the Holy Spirit. And it was not easy. I had to allow the Holy Spirit to change me so that my life would fall in line with the word of God. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. A scripture that has helped me immensely. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And one of the things that I've struggled with for years is in being impatient. One of the things, honestly, that I still struggle with is being impatient. I'm a lot better at it than I used to be. And one of the ways God has developed this fruit of the Spirit in me is by giving me kids. Four of them. Eight and under. I mean, oh, the Lord will develop a lot of stuff in you. Amen. And patience. Kindness. Listen, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Kindness. And when people are, are harsh and, and mean and rude and they say, well, that's just who I am. No, 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 no. That's your flesh. That's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, you respond in kindness, with goodness, with faithfulness, with gentleness. Gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. And more, can I tell you, that's something that I've had just to develop and continue to grow in, is being gentle. And I have the gift of sarcasm. Anybody else got that gift, you know what I mean? And I can punch you and you don't even know it. I'm like, pow, pow. I can be harsh and cynical and throw a jab. That's not gentle. It's not the Holy Spirit. You can't blame that on you're an introvert. You can't blame that on your personality. 
That's your flesh. You're not responding in, with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And here's what happened to me. As God was changing me, I began to realize this. Not just in my mind and my heart. I began to realize the more that I love God, the more I love people. The more I surrender my life to the work of the Holy Spirit, the more I love people. Not mean to people, not rude to people, not harsh to people, not critical of people, but love people. And the Bible says this in John chapter 13 and verse 34 through 35. A new command I give you, Jesus said, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, not by, Herbert, not by if the church grows. Not by how many people get saved. By, by this, if you love one another. And it became my model several years ago that I want the people closest to me to respect me the most. I want them to respect me because of my love for God and my love for people. First John chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, you can justify it. You can make up your excuses. You can point fingers and say, well, here's what they did to me. You don't understand. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And God changed me and gave me a more loving heart. Yes, I am an introvert, but I'm a loving introvert. And as I surrendered my life to the work of the Holy Spirit, I began to like me a whole lot more when I quit justifying my sin and my personality and saying that my sin was because of my personality. And today I can tell you, and one of the things I love to hear, my staff tells me a lot, some of our staff have just been here a long time, and they say, Herbert, you're not the same guy you were when we first started this church. One of the highest compliments they pay me is I've changed, and I've grown, and I'm closer to Jesus, and I'm a better man of God. Herbert, boy, you used to respond differently to something like this. And I've changed and I've grown and the Holy Spirit's worked in my heart. And for that, I'm grateful that I'm more like Jesus Christ and the fruit of the Spirit has been developed in me. And I like me more since I quit justifying my sin as my personality. Number three is this. Here's a third thing that I had to overcome not liking myself. And that is this. I had to overcome my wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. You see, I didn't like myself because I had wrong thinking about my own self. I had self-destructive thoughts about me. Like I, and some of you struggle with this as well. I mean, I, as much as people try to say something positive and I heard so much negative in my life, I always think, start thinking about myself. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm a dummy. How am I going to be a great husband? How am I going to be a great dad? I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know, I'm, I'm going to fail at this church. Now. I'm going to fail at being a pastor. I'm a loser. And self-destructive thoughts about myself. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And you know what I had to do? I had to get my mind renewed to the word of God. I had to get my mind renewed to what my father said about me. What my father said about me. 
it was this past week. It was either Monday or Tuesday evening. We were home as a family. We were watching NBA TV. Uh, and we were watching the NBA TV, and there was the slam, old slam dunk contest were on. And, man, we were watching it, man. They were dunking and watching this. Man, these guys coming up with all these creative dunks. It was so fun watching. And my 8-year-old son, my oldest, my oldest child, Man, he was really into it. He loved sports. He was, man, he just glued to the TV. We watched it for a couple of hours, just dunk contest after dunk contest. It was so much fun. And I, I said to him, I said, hey, Kel, hey, 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 buddy. I said, one day I believe you're going to be in the NBA dunk contest. I said, I believe you can win it. You can win it. And then it was a couple hours later or so. We were getting ready, kids, getting the kids ready for bed. And, and I said it to Kel again. And you know when I, when I said it to him, I said, hey, son, I believe you can be in the NBA dunk contest. I believe you can win it. He started going kind of, kind of grinning. Like. <laughs> you know, he's trying to hold it back, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to be the NBA dunk contest and win it, you know. It was so funny. It was so funny. Tiffany had no clue what I had said to him. And the next day, I was working. I was studying for this message. And Tiffany texted me out of the blue. She said, you know what Kel just told me? He told me right now he is preparing to win the NBA dunk contest. That's what he was doing. And I'm like, that's my boy right there. You know what he said? I don't care what y'all said. My father said, I can win the NBA dunk. I don't care what you, I'm practicing right now. My little gold in the bedroom. Ah, because my father said, I'm going to win the NBA. I don't care what the rest of y'all say. My father has told me, and I'm so bold about it. I'm going to tell my mama, I'm preparing to win the NBA dunk contest. Because last night, my father said I could. And I had to get in my heart and get in my spirit and my mind what my father said about me. Because I felt like a loser. And at times, I think I'm a loser. But I remember what my father said about me. And my father said I'm a winner. And I'm more than a conqueror. I have to remember what my father said about me. There are times that I've struggled with, God, how can you love somebody like me? I've messed up. I'm jacked up. Look at what I went through in my childhood. I'm going to open some of my life up and share that with you. Don't miss the week of this series, God. How can you love somebody? like me. I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. Look at what I've been through. But I have to remember what my father said. My father said nothing will separate you from the love of God. I remember what my father said about me. There are times I feel like a nobody. God, I can't pastor this church. How can I lead a church? I'm a nobody. How can I teach the word of God to thousands of people? I'm a nobody. But I have to remember what my father said about me. And my father said, listen, Herbert, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My father said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I had a hear what my father said about me. And as I learned, as I've learned what my father said about me, and it went from just my head to my heart, and I understood what my father said about me. It's changed my perspective on my own self. And I like me some me now. I like me some me. And I want you to like you some you, because you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. In the image of God. And he gave you the talents and the abilities and the personality that he wanted you to have to accomplish his plan and purpose through your life on this earth. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. 